Hi, this is Reverend Colette Dubal Pondella. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Podcast in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Today I'm joined by Takoda. He's our alpha male. He's a magnificent, beautiful creature. And he's all wolf. And every single morning he wakes up and he howls and everybody joins in and he sets the tone for the day. And they follow his lead because he is leader of the pack. And that's always important is have some way to set the tone for your day while you're hanging in there, which is what the name of our talk is today. So here we go. Good morning, everyone. Um, I have Alaska and Dakota today. Dakota is the featured wolf, but Alaska, when she saw me taking him, she just looked at me and went, "Are we? where are we going? <laughs> I couldn't resist, she had to come too. So we have two wolves, we have two wolves today. The name of my talk is called Hanging In There. And um, you know, Dakota's our alpha male, he is our leader. And um, a lot of hanging in there these days is hanging on to um, belief systems that help you, hanging on to hope that gets you through, hanging on to touchstones that give you the impetus, give you the heart to continue on, no matter what the circumstances. And so you look to your leaders for that. And of course, I look to Dakota and the rest of the pack like they do, is they look to Dakota to get their baseline of operation every single day. No matter who's up first, when Dakota wakes up, he does a big stretch. You know those stretches they look like with a bow. And he then starts howling and they all chime in. And Alaska bookends that. So he starts it, they all start, and then she bookends it. And then they stop, and they know where they're starting from every single day. You know, would that we had that with each other, do you know? Most of us, it's the coffee maker. <laughs> do you know what I mean? For me, it's my teapot. <laughs> First thing I do is go fill that water and turn on that pot. And that's what's setting my baseline in the morning. You, caffeine. Seriously? Do you know what I mean? And um, they have this inner workings in their system. Now, luckily, I get to join in with their pack, with their baseline, because there's nothing more um, fulfilling and joyous and get hooked into that sound of that music in the morning that vibration, if you can think about it, because seven of them stay inside and seven of them howling in one room. You can imagine what happens inside your body when they're doing that. And it's this incredible way to start the day. And they have this baseline that they start with based on their leader, the leader of their pack, and he sets the tone for the day. And usually that's, I get to go outside now. <laughs> and go out and have his adventure. So the two alphas go out in the morning, and they go roam the property, and they check it out for everyone and make sure everything is safe, and they do this incredible job. And every morning it's a little adventure, and then Alaska wants to come in to be with her kids and to be with us, and Dakota finds a spot where he can see everything. And he just lays there. And I look at him, and he's just looking. And he just sits there and enjoys the property. 
enjoys the nature. And he's looking out. He's not, not just relaxing. He's looking out for his pack. He's got it handled. And we're held in those hands. Do you know what I mean? His pack is held in that confidence. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, about hanging in there, starting with a baseline, having touchstones. Dreamers are mocked. I'm sorry. Dreamers are mocked as impractical. The truth is they are the most practical as their innovations lead to progress and a better way of life for all of us. That's Robin Sharma. So let's think about that as we're doing our opening meditative song. So for those of you who haven't been here before, just uncross yourselves. Let the seat that you're sitting in hold you. You don't have to hold on to yourself. Just relax all the way down through your tailbone. Mother Earth has the chair you're sitting in, so you can't fall. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you. Here's what I know. I know that no matter what you call it, some people call it God, some people call it the great mystery, some people call it whatever you know as this power, this magnificence, this creative intelligence. That is the maker of all things, including us. That no matter what you see, no matter what you do not see, that all of creation is based from this intelligence, this force, this magnificence, this light, which I believe is the basis of love and that only love exists in this intelligence and that we are made from this loving energy. We are made to love, that we are perfect, whole, and complete as we are, uniquely expressing this love as ourselves. And only the way that you can do it, unmatched by anybody else. And so I claim for each and every single one of you that you have a divine purpose, otherwise you would not be here. 
that there is a heart's desire that pounds inside of you, a vibration, a place within you where you can always go and remember who you are and what you are and that this divine purpose is taking you on a journey, an adventure, giving you a baseline to operate from. Always just trusting in the light of love that lives within you that you are made of. And I'm very, very grateful for this knowing. I'm grateful to be able to share this with you. I am so grateful for all the good that has come before me, the good that is here presently, and all the good that is coming in the future and into infinity. I release these words knowing they are held in the hands of this grace, this loving energy, this force of all creation. And so my words... I speak my word for myself and for you, that they have power, and that this power is done as I have said, and so it is. Amen, namaste. <laughs> the Native Americans say aho. Let that, let that knowledge of who you are embody you always. Start to live in the cells of your your beingness down to the marrow of your bones. Germany Kent says this, no matter how dysfunctional your background, how broke or broken you are, where you are today or what anyone else says, you matter. And your life matters. I heard some stats <clears throat> this week. They're pretty stark. <laughs> And um, I'm going to do it from memory. But um, here's some stats. That one quarter, which is 25% of our population, is addicted to something. That's one, about a, one of every four persons. One out of three women have been abused, either sexually or in child abuse. One out of five men. That's a lot. That's a lot. More than 80% identify with the power of the perpetrator because of victim's powerlessness. And this is unconscious. As a population, this unconsciousness this unconscious appeal of power through perpetration rather than power through love. Do you know what I mean? Empowering a victim to be who they are, to take charge of their lives, to heal from this trauma, that whatever it is that has happened to you. 80% of the unconscious nature of people is to feel and identify with the power of the perpetrator which is why it's so difficult to prosecute. I'll give you a little example. I was mugged when I was 30. And um, the guy had a gun, and I saw the gun. I can tell you exactly what it looks like, but by the, police, by the time the police arrived, I thought he had a gun because denial, the fear, the shock kind of scooped in really, really quickly. So a real gun turned into a real blur. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? But all my responses were a reaction to this gun. But by the police arrive, I said, I think he had a gun. Now, this is only moments later. I mean, less than a half an hour later, I went from he had a gun to, and that's what I saw, to I think he had a gun. And for the next two years of my life, a lot of my reactions, everything that I was doing was out of the reacting from this incident, this trauma that I had. And so at that time, Cedar sinai which was a beautiful program, had counseling where you could go and you could talk to somebody who had been a victim of a violent crime and then would talk you through what was going on. And he gave me this information. He said, it doesn't matter what time of day, where you were, <laughs> You could have gotten mugged in the middle of the day, in the middle of a parking lot that was busy, in a very, very crowded area, and people would think and feel like you must have done something wrong in order to bring that uh, mugging on yourself. Because nobody in the jury wants to identify with the victim that it could possibly happen to them. So when we look at the justice system and everybody think, you know what I mean, seeing how unfair, and then you know this stat that 80% of our population is unconsciously protecting perpetrators. <laughs> because they look like they have the power. Because you unconsciously feel powerless. And I don't think there's anybody in this room, I've never met anybody that hasn't suffered a trauma and that having it affect them on an unconscious level. Do you understand that? And so when you're coming for a spiritual program, <laughs> you know, when you're coming to get leadership, to find a baseline to start your day with, you understand? You're coming from this statistic. You're coming from this unconsciousness. And the best that we can do as spiritual teachers, in my opinion, is to acknowledge what is first. Because it's the denial, do you know what I mean? That you were victimized that makes you want to feel powerless. Do you know what I mean? More powerful because you feel powerless. But what I've learned coming out of all of these incidents from the very beginning <laughs> of coming into the earth, do you know what I mean? What I can remember, all of this unconscious behavior through a lot of therapy and a lot of spiritual learning and reading and processing, right? Is that the most important thing to remember to bring out and bring up this in front of you and your unconsciousness is to become conscious of who you are. That's why it's so important. That's why it's my main message. How can you feel powerful if you don't know that you were made of power? <laughs> do you know what I mean? How do you regain your powerfulness and your sense of powerfulness if you don't know that you're magnificent already. And then no matter what has been done to you or no matter what you have experienced, there is nothing that can take the light of your soul away from you. Unless you let it, unless you allow it, unless you live in that unconsciousness where these people that you thought had power are telling you you're supposed to live. 
and that you don't get to grow from there. Because if you do, then it brings up their sense of powerless, which makes them perpetrators in the first place. Because if you retain who you are and know who you are and keep remembering who you are and you shine that light into the world, they have no power. Because there's a, there is unconscious of their light as they made you feel. So I know it sounds so cliche to say love is the answer. <laughs> I laugh at it because when you're hurting, you know, the last thing you want to hear is think positive. <laughs> you know, think positive. When you're on the dirt, in, in the dirt, in, 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 on your knees, I say it all the time, you know, the last thing you want to hear is, you know, take responsibility. There's light at the end of that tunnel. Hang in there. <laughs> now, this is the name of my talk. So I'm not saying don't do that. But don't, don't be unconscious about that, too. Yeah, be conscious about who you are and work from there. Know that you have a divine purpose and only you can serve it. With your unique abilities, with your unique, unique talents, you came here to express that. Don't let anybody take that away from you. And do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to find, do you know what I mean? That, that spine. And when I'm talking about the spine, I'm talking about your central nervous system. I'm not talking about your courage or anything else. I'm talking about not weakness, all of that. I'm talking about your spine, that thing where you get those tingles, where you know that what you know is real. You know you're in the right place when that tingling of your spine, right, is informing you about everything you need to know. Alaska just had stem cell surgery made from her own cells. They're magnificent. They hold power and energy and healing, and that's what's running up and down your spine into your brain. Scientifically, last week we talked about your DNA. Wherever your DNA, it is responding to you at this present moment. My five, I was thinking about this today on the playgrounds <laughs> and in my yard when I grew up in Nashville. I've got DNA in that yard, right? How many bloody noses did I have? <laughs> it's like, it's in the soil, right? We leave our DNA everywhere and it's still responding to me today. For those of you who missed it, they did a study. They took a DNA of a person, they put it in another room, I'm gonna repeat it because it's worth hearing. And then they gave you stimulus. And they watched the DNA underneath a microscope, and your DNA was responding while you were being stimulated. And so they took it out of the next room, and they took it 50 miles away. It did the same thing. It did the same thing. That's how powerful you are, which is my point. And you don't even have to be conscious of that. The living, breathing magnificence of every single flake of skin in your body, on your body, in your body. 
carries your DNA out into the world responding in kind. Whatever is happening to you happens out there everywhere. That's pretty powerful stuff. Mark Twain says, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. Why? Because it's embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to know that we are weaker than we are. And yet that's just a judgment that you've made about yourself and that the world puts on you. This judgment about whether you're weak or strong or successful or not or worth it. Do you know what I mean? Your value is measured in what they believe you can contribute. All of that stuff. But we don't have to participate in that mindset. Do you know what I mean? I'm tired of getting fooled. How about you? When somebody says you've been fooled, I want to know it so that I don't do it again, especially with the same person over and over and over and over again. How many have experienced that one? I've got both hands up. You know? And the last thing I wanted to hear was, you did it again, Colette. Right? And I don't even want to count the times that it took for me to get there. Oh, man, not again. In a couple of instances in my life, it took years to get, oh, man, here I am again. I did it again. Why? Because I thought they were powerful and beautiful. And I thought I was powerless and ugly. And that I needed whatever little bits and pieces of crumbs they were going to give me. Because I didn't have anything else. We were not born to feel that way. But we might have to take a lifetime to heal from those thoughts if that's what was passed on to you. You know, when they call it a legacy of abuse, it's not to make it your fault. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It gets passed on and it gets passed on. Yesterday was Holocaust Remembrance Day. So in honor of that, Albert Einstein says, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. And yet, in the last 75 years since Auschwitz was discovered and, you know, liberated, we kept saying, never again, never again. And then we had Rwanda, and then we've had Yugoslavia, we've had Darfur. Right now we have the Rohingya. We've got an entire population in North Africa that is starving and depleted because there's no water and there's suffering. And whatever, though, there are climate changes that are affected and affecting these people and giving them no place to go and no way out. We have a responsibility to stop it. We have a responsibility not to concentrate on the evil, right? Concentrating on the evil does nothing. It just perpetuates it. 
gives them more power, actually. And by thinking that there's nothing we can do, I will tell you, I'm, when, when the height of the Darfur genocide was happening, because anybody know where that is? It was a region in the Sudan. <clears throat> I wanted to go there. I was trying to figure out how to get there, literally, to do something to do something. And then I had a spiritual teacher who said, Colette, don't you know that visualizing those people safe at home with their families, living a beautiful life with smiles on their faces, will do more to affect change in that area than you going there and risking your life. And I didn't really know at that time this is about 10 years ago. But I really get that now. Do you know what I mean? Because this talk might sound like I'm recruiting you to go out into the world and fight the, for the good fight, you know what I mean? Which I want you to do. We should be fighting the good fight and calling things a spade when it's a spade, do you know? Really highlighting and, and naming things for what they really are. You know, if it's a genocide, call it a genocide, right? Don't minimize and retract the words down to anagrams that mean nothing anymore because there's no visceral effect of that, right? We need to be mindful of that. Germany Kent says, the enemy fights the hardest when you are closest to your breakthrough. Know that your best days are ahead and no weapon formed will prosper. Doesn't it feel like that? Like you finally decided, I'm going to go do this, and then it seems like everything comes <laughs> crashing down in front of you. It's like, really? <laughs> I finally know what I want, and every obstacle that you need, you know what I mean? Every single temptation to go back to the old life. Do you know what I mean? You're literally traversing through all of these things. And spiritual practices will tell you that that is your unconscious revealing itself, that it is heightening to keep you stuck in the place where you, they think you're more comfortable. And part of that unconscious, you know, part of the, the, the spiritual practices, part of the adventure, part of the challenge is to constantly always just get that baseline and remember who you are. Remember who you are and that you deserve what you've asked for. Because I'm telling you, it's the only way to get past the barbed wire that gets thrown up in front of you. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. I got to climb through that to get where I got to go. Because that's what it feels like sometimes. And for miles and miles around, all there is is barbed wire. And you got to figure out how to get through there. All that prickly stuff that wants to keep you in the position where you're in. Because you, when you remember who you are, you are challenging everybody else's idea of you. That's what the barbed wire is. Every time I stand up here and I say, I am Colette, I deserve to be here, my life matters, and I have a divine purpose, and I'm going to live it. Every single time I say that, it challenges everybody else who told me that I can't, and it also challenges everybody else who is not doing it for themselves. And they will do everything in their power to keep you stuck 
so they can stay fooled. So they don't feel powerless. So they can continue on with this masquerade of powerfulness. And as long as we let them do that, they get to live that way. Thomas Jefferson says, when you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot on it and then hang on. You know? For all those of you who would climb that big rope in gym, <laughs> you'd never make the top of it, right? <laughs> Hanging on is a really hard thing to do. It requires every single muscle in your body, right? It requires a lot of gumption. It requires a lot of courage. It requires a lot of intention to get on the rope in the first place. Now, some people think, oh my gosh, I got to climb that rope and get to the top, right? <laughs> and other people are going, I'm going to climb that rope and get to the top. You hear the difference? And then you get to a certain age or you've been through a certain um, event and you've been certain trauma. Sometimes it's like, you know, there's the rope. <laughs> You're exhausted before you even start, you know? And yet the only way over the barbed wire is over the rope. So what are you going to do? There isn't a lot of choice about what we have to do in order to live this divine purpose. Brent Jones says, hanging on always beats the alternative most of the time. Most of the time. You know, I learned from my husband, I never heard it before, don't quit five minutes before the miracle. You've been put in this position, right? This life that we're living, you know, and everybody's in the same boat. I know, I just said the they word. I'm not really crazy about the they word. I'll tell myself, do you know what I mean? Everybody is trying to traverse everything that I'm talking about. Even the they's that I'm talking about that feel more powerful by making you feel less powerful. They wouldn't have to do that if they understood who they were and understood that we're all in this together, right? So I'll take back the they word. I only use it in that, that manner because I want you to know that they are not what, they are not better, more powerful, more deserving than you. Everybody's looking for the same thing, to do their heart's desire from the moment they get here, from the way you played. And sometimes it gets really hard and you think that the struggle is telling you that you're not on the right path. In my mid-twenties, I let my traumas and my upsets and my disappointments make me believe that I wasn't doing the right thing that I was supposed to do with my life. It shouldn't be hard. And then it was, you know, that spiritual programs and trainings and everything that I was doing that said, it should be a flow. <laughs> you know it's working when it's flowing, right? And I had nothing in my life that was flowing anywhere, you know? I was, I was traversing barbed wire. So I stopped and took another direction. 
And I was very proud of it. I built a business, a whole nother thing. Do you know what I mean? But there was no flow to that either, <laughs> is what I discovered, right? It wasn't the same feeling until finally one of my teachers, one of my leaders said, if this is all you get to do with the rest of your life, would you continue doing it today? And this huge, huge no from the bottom of my spine came up and through my belly and in through my heart. And out of my mouth is a no. And yet I didn't know I was feeling like that because I had taken myself away from my dream. I'd taken myself away from my gifts. I'd taken myself away from what I needed to do because I didn't understand that flow is different all the time. If you look at a river, sometimes it's flowing nicely. Sometimes it's on rapids. <laughs> sometimes it has to like traverse a whole mountain, do you know? Water doesn't just flow at one even keel. And then sometimes it's just still. And so I had to change my def definition of the word flow, right? Because the flow was me saying, yes, what I'm doing, even though it's difficult, is worth it because I got a yes. Just look at my face and the difference between what yes feels like. Do you know? Yes, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, I have made the right choices for my life at this time. Is it difficult? Do I want to quit five minutes before the miracle? Yes, all the time because it's hard. I'm tired. And yet if I ask that question, what if, if I had the choice, do you know what I mean, that this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Yes. <laughs> Yes, comes out of my beingness. I mean, I can feel my face is on fire because it's filled and flushed with this energy of yes. And I'm so grateful and so lucky to be feeling that right now. Because if you're not, do you know what I mean? This is going to be hard for you. Life will be hard for you. Place your hand over your heart. Everybody do it. This is an unknown quote. Place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That is called your purpose. You're alive for a reason. Don't give up. Don't give up. John Amat says, adventure isn't hanging on a rope off the side of a mountain. Adventure is an attitude that we must apply to the day-to-day -day obstacles of life, facing new challenges, seizing new opportunities, testing our resources against the unknown, and in the process, discovering our own unique potential. Don't you find out who you are and what you're made of when you make it through something? Isn't that sense of pride? Listen to them. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
This is also an unknown quote. Just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. I love this quote. And I'm going to try and pronounce this name. Mokokoma. Mokohoana. We love being mentally strong, but we hate situations that allow us to put our mental strength to good use. <laughs> Isn't it true? <laughs> That's so funny to me. I saw that quote and I go, that is so true. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I love my brain. Now I have to use it. Oh, I'm too tired. <laughs> Do I really have to? <laughs> it's like... Ah, Catch-22 is all over the place. Albert Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge. Imagination is the language of the soul. Pay attention to your imagination and you will discover all you need to be to be fulfilled. Oh, this is science. Scientists saying this. Sherwood Anderson, you must try to forget all that you have learned. You must begin to dream. From this time on, you must shut your ears to the roaring of the voices. Brian Selznick says this, I address you all tonight for who you truly are. Wizards, mermaids, travelers, adventurers, and magicians, you are true dreamers. Remember when you were four and that's all you could do, right? Talk about a flow. Maybe you are a poet and a dreamer, but don't you realize that those two species are almost extinct now? It's J.G. Ballard. The thing is, is that it's not that we're extinct is that we're not participating because we don't feel like we matter. I have to tell you, I took to heart that thing about Darfur, and that's what I did every single day. Instead of wishing that I could go there and put my life in danger, I would sit and I would see this one family living off the land, farming, happy, holding each other, singing at night, having celebrations. That's what I did. Because that's what I could do, you know? It was not powerless to do that. To envision, to imagine the world differently for them and participate on that level. <laughs> Vera Nazarian says, if you are a secret dreamer, it's your time to announce yourself. <laughs> are you telling people what you want? Are you telling people what your dreams are? Leo Tolstoy says, for a few seconds they looked silently into each other's eyes and the distant and impossible suddenly became near. Possible and inevitable. That's from the book War and Peace. You know, they made it through together. We are not alone here. We are making this through together. I will do what I can do. 
The movie Tomorrowland says dreamers need to stick together. It's not programming, it's personal. You want to program something different? Let's all come together and dream and imagine a better world for everybody living in it, including you. It's our time. It was our time when we got here. Maybe our time before we got here. I don't know. And I do believe there's lots of times afters. Myself as well. John Lennon says, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Some people say that's not true, that it's not true, that that thought and that intention and that kind of thinking and that kind of consciousness ended the Vietnam War. But it did. It had to. Have you ever wondered what would happen if all the geniuses, the artists, the scientists, the smartest, most creative people in the world decided to actually change it? Where, where could they even do such a thing? They'd need a place free from politics and bureaucracy and distractions and greed and a secret place where they could build whatever they were crazy enough to imagine. The problem is, we have to do this in spite of the politics, in spite of all of it, because that's happening. It's real. That's like being fooled, you know, trying to pretend that you can get away from the effects of what is happening, right? You have to imagine. You have to create. You have to create in the midst of all of this. but not just be crazy enough to imagine, dare to dream. If you did not have the capability to make your wildest wishes come true, your mind would not have the capacity to conjure such ideas in the first place. There's no limitation on what you, and can, what you can potentially achieve, except for the limitation you choose to impose on your own imagination. What you believe to be possible will always come to pass. And by that, what you believe to be impossible will come to pass also. What you believe to be possible will always come to pass to the extent that you deem it possible. It really is as simple as that. That's Anton Martin. Hope is a dream of which we long to have. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't hope for something because hope brings joy and joy brings happiness and it's all tied up in a big ball of love. And that's from the Peace Gypsy. <laughs> so I'm going to sing a song for you called Something to Hold On To. Um, I chose this song today. First of all, I love singing it. And secondly, it's just a beautiful... Um, thing to connect with each other on about we all need those touchstones just like Dakota waking up every morning and creating this baseline for his pack if you don't have a leader let your heart lead you to something to hold on to so that you can always remember who you are
That's Ali Moss. Wow. Germany Kent says this, you're going to make it. You're going to be at peace. You're going to create and love and laugh and live. You're going to do great things. <laughs> wow. Thank you, everyone. Whew. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard and you think it is of benefit to you and with others, please share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also like us on Facebook at Wolf Wisdom Gathering and Shadowland Foundation. Um, you can also check out our website at shadowlandfoundation.org and um, we appreciate any donation that you would like to share with us. They are all tax deductible. So please help us. That would be great. Have a blessed, blessed week. And we'll talk then.